Hey Homebodies Luxury Sai here, and welcome to another episode of the Luxury Sai Interior Design Podcast. Woo, that's a mouthful. <laughs> on, this, on this show, I share practical and useful solutions for simplifying every aspect of a modern homemaker's busy life. Each episode is long enough to enjoy and short enough to listen on the go. And so homemaking, I believe, matters and I believe it always will. Home your home is where you have your pride and and your where you can showcase and walk around like a peacock. Your home is supposed to be the most sacred place on the planet. So when you're out in this crazy crazy world, when you come home, you want to take your shoes off and just say, ah, "I'm here." So with that being said, today's episode is really uh runs counterintuitive to what I just said. Buyer beware. Do you know sellers in most states don't have to disclose if their home is haunted? (laughs) That's a real spooky thing. So you know, if you've been following me for a while, I've been in real estate for many years and I started my career in New York City Then I grew into New Jersey, just doing business across both sides of the water, and then eventually expanded my practice to North Carolina and other states in the country. And one of the things I had to learn every time you take a test to become licensed in another state are the laws. Like there are no macro one size fits all laws in real estate. Things in California may not work in Mississippi just because of the dynamics, the economic conditions. But do you know, in most states, the seller and the seller's agent has to tell you about a water damage problem. They have to tell you if there's termites, um, if there are other structural issues. But if they believe there's a friendly or not so friendly ghost in the attic, they don't have to say boo about it. Yeah, this episode is going to be full of um, funny puns. And so let me let me just give some some context around this. So I grew up in a in a Islamic and Christian background. So go figure that right. So when my children were little, we did not participate. I did not allow them to participate in the scary Halloween stuff. We celebrated fall. Um, Thankfully, the school they went to, they didn't have the kids wear Halloween costumes just because it was such a diverse um, school. And not all schools, not all religions and backgrounds acknowledge Halloween the way Americans do. So I didn't have to deal with that issue. And growing up in New York City, particularly in Greenwich Village, I went to the Halloween parade every year. It was just like a ritual that my mom um, and my family and I did. So that was pretty fun. But Halloween has a different meaning. And however you acknowledge Halloween and ghosts and spirits, that's how I want you to take this episode. Please, please, please do not start sending me crazy stuff on Twitter, Instagram about God and the devil and Halloween. And that's not what this is about. This is about real estate. This is a fun episode. The Halloween season is upon us. Actually, it's in just under a week, actually, if you're depending upon when you're listening to this episode. So this is just something fun to talk about today. (laughs) So when you're out buying a home for buyers and sellers, there are some items called real estate disclosures and that home sellers are required to tell you about the home. These disclosures vary by state 
through federal law requires people in all states to to disclose if there's lead paint. I mean, hell, if you're renting an apartment, they I know in New Jersey, you have to disclose if there's lead paint. But these rules are intended to protect potential home buyers from nasty surprises. No, spooky surprises after they move into their new home. But according to Zillow, the presence of ghosts isn't included in any disclosure laws. Now, let me say this. Some states have to disclose if someone died in the home, but they don't necessarily have to detail the presence of ghosts. Because number one, that's really subjective. And number two, could it just be a bump in the night? So we'll talk more on the other side of a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Now listen, you may not believe in ghosts or ghouls or spirits or lingering souls or earthbound souls, but you have seen plenty of horror movies. All of us have. They have one on Netflix right now called The Watching. I think it's called The Watching. And it's actually based in New Jersey where I'm from. How about that? But you see so many horror movies that start off with an unsuspecting family movie, uh, an unsuspecting family moving into a haunted house. As I was saying that sentence, Marlon Wayans actually has a movie out on Netflix right now, too, about a family. He and his wife, played by Kelly Rowland, and their daughter, Sid, moved to upstate New York from Brooklyn. I've actually seen it twice because it's like a it's a goofy movie, kind of like his scary movie um, trilogies, but it's a little bit better, I think. But anyway, so there's two movies on Netflix right now, and I'm sure there's more about families moving into a haunted house. But anyway, you may not believe in ghosts, but there's so many movies that start off with people, a new family, they have a new home and they move into a house, but off screen, there are actual houses that are rumored to be haunted. And some people are interested in haunted houses for sale. There's ghost hunters and things like that. But let me just tell you, if somebody disclosed that we think this house is haunted, I'm not buying it. I don't even know if you can really prove if a house is haunted or not, because you can always chalk it up to the house is settling, right? But according to analysis, home sellers in most states don't have to tell their potential buyers if they even think their house is haunted. So it would really be simple for someone to buy a house without knowing if they had other house guests. <laughs> in fact, only four states have mentions of paranormal activity in their real estate disclosure laws, and only two of those were written to protect buyers. So let me give you the states. Ta-da! Number one, it's my home state of New Jersey. In New Jersey, sellers must disclose known information about potential hauntings or paranormal activity, but here's the caveat, only if you ask. And most home buyers are so excited. They're asking about school districts. They want to know about grocery stores and malls and if they're termites, if what kind of grass, can I add a pool? They don't think to ask, do y'all have ghosts? <laughs> so in the state of New Jersey, my home state, they they must, this is a law, they must disclose, but only if it's asked. And in New York, my second home state, <laughs> because they're right next to each other, courts can actually rescind the sale of a house if the seller takes unfair advantage of a buyer's ignorance of a home's reputation for paranormal activity, or if the seller creates and perpetuates that reputation. 
That is a mouthful. So let me explain what that is. And I love this because those are the two states that I first got my real estate license in. That means if the buyer feels or finds out that a house might be haunted, they can actually have the sale canceled. And so what happens is, I don't know if this is true or not, but say for example, a seller in New York wants to sell a home, right? And they go under contract, they're ready to close this deal and someone comes in with a bigger offer. The seller could actually allude to the fact that the house is haunted the buyer has the right to go to court to contract to rescind the contract and now the seller is free to sell to someone else you see how this creepiness works and trust me in new york i don't know if anybody has ever had that situation i can't speak of that personally i can only state the laws right but i can see in new york real estate how that could possibly happen. So New Jersey has to tell you if you ask and New York can have the, the whole deal tanked if the buyer finds out that the house could have paranormal activity. The third state is Massachusetts. And in Massachusetts, the law specifically says sellers do not have to disclose. And here I quote an alleged parapsychological or supernatural phenomenon. So Massachusetts is like, listen, you don't have to say Jack, period. That's just the law. We don't have to tell you. So that really protects who? It protects the seller. It doesn't protect the buyer at all. At least in New Jersey, if I ask, you must disclose. Massachusetts is like, nah, you just gonna have to deal with your that rumbling and creaking in the attic on your own. And the last state that actually has a paranormal disclosure law is Minnesota, and they do not have to disclose perceived paranormal activity. So Massachusetts says you do not have to. Minnesota says you do not have to. And this is why I love my beloved home states, New Jersey and New York, because at least there's a modicum of protection for the buyer. In all of the other states, there's no rule stating sellers must tell a potential buyer about the presence of a ghost or any strange happenings. To that extent, the legis you know, like you can't legislate to disclose paranormal activity. It's, it's really open to your interpretation. Now, here's the other thing, and I mentioned this at the top of the show. What if someone died in the house? Now, this is where it gets really, really creepy because I would damn sure want to know if somebody died in a house that I'm about to buy. So knowing if the property is a site of a murder or a suicide has nothing to do with paranormal activity. But in Alaska, California, and South Dakota, they require sellers to share if a death has recently occurred on their property. See, it's still, it's still dicey, right? Because the property could have been in the backyard and died could mean a tree fell on them. So you see how it gets real slippery? On the other hand, Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania have legislation that sellers do not at all have to disclose death on the property. I would want to know if someone, uh, on the property, uh, the property I wouldn't care so much Really? Like, think about New York. If someone died on the property, that could mean they died in front of the building. Like, you, you know what I mean? It depends where you are. If I was in the deep south and I was buying, I would want to know if black people were hanged from a tree on the property. You know what I mean? So you can't, you, it, it's really weird to say this is the law and this is why laws are not 
applicable or doesn't really apply in a natural way across state lines because of what I just explained. Someone dying on a property in New York is very different than someone dying on a property in Alabama. But even more so, I don't quite know how, if it would, if I would cancel a sale that I was buying a home if I found somebody died on the property. But if someone died in the house, that's an emphatic, I'm not going to curse, but that's an absolute hell no for me. <laughs> um, and then rentals. I don't know if I would want to rent a house where I knew someone died on the property. Like, I, I just wouldn't. That's a little creepy for me. But let me let me say this to you. I visited a hotel. I cannot think of the name, but I'll make sure I put it on my blog. I went and I visited the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And there's a hotel very nearby. And this is when I was president of the National Council of Women at the United Nations. At that time, my responsibility was to travel around the country, advocate for women, take my findings back to the UN and then go back out into the streets of America and just be the intermediary of dialogue between the United Nations and women's issues, right? So I was down, um, I visited the bridge and I stopped by a hotel just to do some sightseeing. I would swear if, if my entrance into heaven was, if my answer to this question uh my entrance to heaven was contingent upon me answering this next question. I would definitely get in. I swear to you that hotel was haunted. I can't think of the name of it right now. Let me see if I can find it real, real fast. Because the second, and it, here's what, here's what made it worse. Uh, let me see real quick. Y'all listening to my fingernails tapping on the, um, I can't find the hotel. I'm going to put it on my blog, LuxurySide.com. But when I went to Alabama um, and went to the hotel, they made it even look creepy because it had these floor-to-ceiling burgundy velvet curtains. That is like uh, 101 for creating a haunting environment. And then we went out into this open courtyard and you looked up and there were rooms almost in like a circle. It was just so creepy. And then I went into one of the rooms, actual one of the hotel rooms, and I got cold. I felt a presence and I said, hell no. I told my husband, we're up out of here. I, eh, I would swear that place was haunted. So I don't know if I would even want to stay in a um, hotel where somebody died. I'm sure we all may have at some point. But think about the movie The Shining, right? Here's Johnny with Jack Nicholson. That is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. But I would watch it again <laughs> just because I love Jack Nicholson. Um, but think about The Shining. That that was a really creepy movie. And that's how I felt when I was in that hotel. But anyway, let me just get back to this. For my buyers, knowing a house is rumored to be haunted or that a property was recently the site of a death could be enough to make them rescind their offer and look elsewhere. And some home sellers may take it upon themselves to say if the property is haunted because maybe they'll find novelty in that. But if you're really concerned about paranormal activity, you can just go and just Google it and find out. Um, 
and then you can talk to the neighbors. So please, please, please do your research before you buy. Um, and I wanted to do a fun episode with a little nod to Halloween and incorporate my background in real estate. And I really, really hope you uh, got a few giggles out of this episode. <laughs> Always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. And I have ended every episode of my podcast with that very same quote since June 26, 2008. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you soon.